Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Amen. Good evening, everybody. This is the Royal Bluet Show, and I am Elder Victor Bluet. I got my wife on, uh, Evangelist Ricky Bluet, and I think uh, one or two of my daughters are on, Vanessa and Aja. Not sure, or uh, they may be listening tonight. Uh, first, I want to thank God for this opportunity. I want to thank God for allowing us to spread His Word, His Gospel. Uh, our faults, our blessings. I thank God for the opportunity for each and every one of us to do that, even you who are listening. I want to thank uh, Elder Oliver for this platform, Chaos Block Talk Radio, uh, his wife, uh, Lady Kay, and supporting him on this platform. Uh, may, God, may God enrich them even more and give him an even larger platform. And I say that all the time because I believe it will be done. Uh, he has put so much work and effort uh, in Chaos Blog Talk uh, to provide a platform for those uh, that he thinks and that what God gives him about people uh, makes a difference in other people's lives. And I do appreciate you, Ed Oliver, uh, for this opportunity. So hopefully you've had a great day today. Uh, everybody, uh, hopefully your day is still going well, and that when you sleep tonight, you sleep in peace, and that God sent an angel to each and every one of us to guard us in our sleep. Amen. We know that we are enemies to Lucifer. We are enemies to the devil, and he would have that we would not be that way. So thank you, Lord, uh, for sending your angel tonight. We lay our heads down after thanking you for today and looking for a great tomorrow, if it be your will. So tonight is going to be a little different. Uh, I will be on tonight. I am on tonight. Uh, I'm going to start a series of lessons uh, out of the Bible. Tonight will be the first night, and this teaching will be not my own words, but what scripture actually says, line upon line and precept upon precept. So I imagine that some people will probably get born by how this is explained, how scripture is explained. And I do imagine that some will get excited to know what scripture actually is saying and by what author of that scripture wrote it and what was the intentions of that author uh, and what God gave them to write for us to comprehend. And what, and I'll just say this, what I can't stand or what I don't like is for, you know, a preacher or a teacher to give their own uh, description of Scripture that is totally wrong. Uh, but what I do love is to find out what scripture means and it, and it just excites me and makes me happy because I love to learn. I've been that way since I was a child. I love to learn. And when I went over this and studied this, what we're going to go over tonight, it just made me happy. And I, I do my studying every morning about probably 20 minutes after I wake up every morning. I'm not, a, I'm not saying that I'm a saint. I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else. It's just what I do because I love to learn. So tonight, uh, it's not about 
uh, any glory for me or my wife or anybody else. Right now, the glory belongs to God uh, and what Scripture actually says. So tonight is a very familiar passage that I'm going to be explaining or what I'm going to read that it explains or what the Scripture is. Uh, and it's coming out of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And when you hear the second verse uh, that we're going to read, you're going to already remember about what you heard about it before. But I want you to have an open mind and what it actually means. And we've heard pastors and teachers and speakers and all kind of people take this second verse and just get so all into it and then try to go on from there with their sermon. But people are generally get stuck on what they said about the second verse. <clears throat> but we're not going to get stuck tonight. We're going to get fed. We're going to hear and understand and comprehend in a very, very simple way and what the scripture is saying and what God has is, is, is told the writer to write, which was Paul, Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians. And it's one of his crown jewel books uh, of information for us to grasp and hold and run with. So we're going to start at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. And I'll let you get that, and we'll get started. And again, I, I do want to uh, thank Elder Oliver for this platform. And not only myself and my family, but other people to get on and talk about the great work of God, talk about the gospel, talk about um, helping others. I do appreciate that. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. And I may do a verse at a time. I may do two verses at a time. I may do three verses at a time with the explanation of, of what I've read. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We're talking about family relationships tonight. Family relationships tonight. And I'm not reading this because my family is broken. Or I'm not teaching this because my family is broken. It's just what God gave to me. So submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And what verse 21 is actually saying is that this verse is somewhat transitional in nature, completing the thoughts about the evidence of being spirit-filled and at the same time introducing an important principle that's necessary for good human relationships. The teaching of mutual submission is important, partly because some in authority distort teachings about authority, making demands of those under them that are unfair and unreasonable. A biblical balance is necessary if human relationships are going to be just and loving. The verses that follow refer to relationships of husbands and wives, parents and children, employers and employees. While wives are to be subject to their husbands, their husband needs to be submissive to the needs of their wife. Children are to submit to parents, but parents are to be submissive about recognizing the needs of their children. 
employees are submit are to submit to employers, but employers should be submissive to their responsibility toward their employees. There is no room in the Christian life for oppressive, abusive authority. I'm going to stop right there and see if my, my wife has anything she want to comment on or say. Uh, not really, not on submission. <laughs> okay. All right, so that was Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And what I just read is what that verse means, commentary and all. Now I'm going to read verses 22. Okay, wait, before, before you do that, for 21, that's, you, that, that's just a... Um, submitting to whoever and everybody, because you said um, employers, children, this is covering everybody. It is. It's correct. Okay. That has, that's over you. Yeah. So verse, yep. So verse 21 is just submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That means everybody. Yep. Exactly. So the next three verses I'm going to read, and then I'm going to explain those. I have commentary on each verse. So verse 22, 23, and 24, I'm going to read now. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So let's find out what that means now, verse 22, 23, and 24 of Ephesians 5. So this is talking about authority. So it is regrettable that these verses trigger immediate negative reactions in so many readers. The word submit seems to have unpleasant connotations associated with it. Perhaps a brief look at the Greek word used here will help. The term apostle, and while it does mean to be subordinate, it is built from two smaller words that mean to be rearranged, I'm sorry, that mean to be arranged under. It has nothing to do with inherent superiority or inferiority. It is the divine order God has determined for the marriage relationship as it, and is intended for a wife's protection. A wife's submission to her husband is a voluntary one, just as his submission to Christ is. The submission is not the, the husband the submission is not the husband's to command, but the wife to willingly and lovingly offer. Her submission to her husband is also submission to the Lord, whom both should desire to please. Paul said that just as Christ is the head over the church, so the husband is the head over the wife, it is a matter of leadership, not dictatorial authority. Did we get that? No, you have to explain that. The commentary explains it, sweetie. Okay, that's the commentary. I want your own words. Okay, so you can use the example of, of um, you always use um, about a woman that was married twice. 
So what I don't what I don't want to use is my own words. No, it's not your own words. It's an example on how a man should make it easy for a woman to submit to him, and it and it's not. It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be something that's demanded. That's the only thing I'm saying. It shouldn't be demanded. Um, submission is not a demand. It's not. It shouldn't be something hard to do. If a man make it, I mean, a man should be so loving and so caring and looking over like he would take care of his himself. If he's taking care of his wife like he takes care of himself, then a, a woman wouldn't mind being submissive. You see what I'm saying? So we can explain that, you know, to people who don't know commentary or what you're saying because it can go over a lot of people's heads. Let me read this. A wife's submission to her husband is a voluntary woman, just as her submission to Christ is. The submission is not the husband's to command, but for the wife to willingly and lovingly offer. Her submission to her husband is also submission to the Lord, whom both should desire to please. Paul said that just as Christ is head over the church, so the husband is head over his wife, it is a matter of leadership, not dictatorial authority. So I can't command you to do it. I can't make you do it. I can't uh, persuade you to do it. But how I live my life for Christ should be how you love me, see me doing that, and you voluntarily come under me. Correct. That's what I want you to explain. Yeah, that's what I just read. I know you read it, but a lot of people don't understand all that what you just read. I mean, it's, I just want... I'll do the explaining. You just do the reading. No, we ain't doing it. We ain't doing it that way. Okay, you can, you can have make it, make it more simpler. I'll try as we go on, but just okay. just just don't make it difficult, okay? I'm not. I just want you to expound it a little bit more because that almost went over my head. If I, I mean, you just have to the way you, I mean, the way you teach is is scholarish. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, baby, well, baby I, I know you're not a scholar or a theologian. I know I have to talk to you separately on our own roof, but just just give me a second here now, okay? Okay. Give me a second here, all right? Okay. So I really want to say what these scriptures really mean first. All right, so we're going to go to verse 25, 26, and 27. 26 and 27. All right? But I want to read from 21 and 24 one more time, then we go into 25, 26, and 27. Who is that? Oliver um, wants to get put on? Ed Oliver? Or... Yes. Can you have my daughter get on? All right, so verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. All right, so we just went over that. We explained those verses from 21 to 24. And now we're going to go to verse 25. Uh, 25, 26, and 27, and we'll, uh, I'll get the commentary for that. So, 
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So let's see what verse 25 through 27 actually say, as explained in the commentary. And it's called a sanctified love. When a husband loves his wife in the same way that Christ loves his church, the wife never needs to fear being in in submission. Christ gave his life for the sake of the church. Any husband who has that kind of self-sacrificing devotion to his wife is going to be the husband he ought to be. A husband with this kind of love for his wife will dedicate himself to her physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. If he fulfills his role in this way, she will find it easy to fulfill hers. So Romans 5 and 8 says, God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us in our place. No man can possibly sacrifice his wife as much as Christ sacrificed for us. But the example is there to show how, to show us how we should view our relationship. Though the cross became possible for Christ to provide the cleansing needed so that he can have a glorious church, not heavy spot or wrinkle. One day his church, his bride, will stand before him holy and without blemish. Any comments, Tim? No, sir. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. All right. So we we'll read those three verses again. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. He gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. All right. So next we'll read 28 and 29. But I also have something to say. Ozzy, you got something, She's not. She's not on. Let me merge her. Okay. So tonight we're going over scriptures and what they actually mean and the commentary behind it and what the author of this scripture actually meant instead of us having our own words as we often do as we often do in a lot of churches. You guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, so I've been, I had to merge with mom. I don't know. Hold on. Is that better? Yes. Okay, cool. So I've been trying to talk to like the past five minutes. I've been forgetting what you just said. But the last thing that you just said, what I got out of it, I don't know if that's the definition or the meaning, but what I got out of it is, 
as long as a man is working on himself and getting himself closer to God and, you know, even if he does, like, have, like, a little girlfriend on the side, you know, showing her that love, that he, the same love that he has for God, that same happiness, that same joy, that same peace, you know what I'm saying? And then when they do get married, it's all, you know, one, and it should be one because of the man. Not of the man, but, you know what I'm saying, the head. So that's what I got. Yeah, the 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 I'm glad you said that the husband in a marriage the husband has a whole lot to do with how that marriage goes. Um and if it's gonna go in the way that God intended it to go, that husband has to have his mind on Christ. And that's the way God intended it to go. And we've heard horror stories of other couples, other married couples that that don't go to church, don't know the Lord having all kind of issues. And if you ever meet a couple that it just seems like it's perfect and they don't know the Lord, believe me, it's not. It appears to be, but it's not. And it won't continue to be perfect, even though we see it to be. So a husband has a whole lot to do with how the family goes. Is Vanessa on also? Jesus, well, you also have to put in there... Um, even the ones that, that do go to church Is not perfect Yeah that, that's fine But my key phrase was know the Lord But yeah you're correct You're also correct It depends on your motives your, You know what you what you Trying to do If it's not Christ like it's not going to work It's not going to work And I don't think there's no perfect marriage Because there could be always room for improvement You're correct Because we're not perfect we're not perfect. We're striving for perfection. So, yeah, absolutely correct. And so. not even just perfection in worldly stuff, like the image and nothing for God to be in God's perfect image. Say it one more time, sweetie. I said, even with the word being perfect, it's not even a world, like, not even for the world, not the worldly image. Me and Destiny, we like, Mommy, don't say perfect. We don't say perfect because what is perfect? We're only perfect in God's eye. That's what we're shooting for. So, a perfect marriage. In God's eyes, sure, but not for you know social media and stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely appreciate the comments. So let's go to verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. We in Ephesians chapter five. We started at verse twenty-one. And we're going to read now verse 28 and 29. And again, tonight is the commentary on these scriptures and what it's actually saying. Right? Not what man says, not what a preacher or teacher says, uh, unless they have studied this. But a lot of people in general don't, don't preach this right or teach this right. So we're in Ephesians 5. We're going to verse 28 and 29. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Verse 29, for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherish, but nourishes and cherishes, even as the Lord, the church. Amen. Amen. So the commentary on verses 28 and 29 is a selfless love. The kind of love Paul now describes is that 
which any person exhibits for his or her own body. Our bodies are never perfect, but we care about them and do the best we can to help them uh, be healthy and operative. We give ourselves nourishing food in order to stay healthy. We practice habits of cleanliness in order to remain sociable, and we exercise in order to keep our bodies from becoming weak through inactivity and from gaining excess weight that hampers active living. So just read those verses again, 28 and 29. So all men to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. So any comments on that? So just just like I love to 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 be clean um my hair face body um how I look at myself in the mirror, I look at my hands, my nails, everything, and I want it to be as best as as it can how to have that out to have that same. Um, thinking of my wife. And no man ever hated his own flesh. Right? So that means he's going to take care of of my wife. The same effort I put into myself, I have to put that in even more into my wife. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. Very simple. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Very simple. And, and scriptures, learning scriptures don't have to be all that complicated. And mostly what you need is just commentary behind scripture, a breakdown of it and what it's saying. That's how we can comprehend it, a breakdown of it, Right? I'm going to go to verses 31, 30 and 31 of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 30 and 31. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That was verse 30 and 31. All right? So Ephesians 4 and 25 tells us that we are members one of another, which is now explained as members of the body of Jesus Christ. Paul told the Romans believers, but as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. He then explained that each person in that body is gifted in some way to carry out certain functions of the body. Since the body of Christ is one, even though it has multiple members, the husband-wife relationship should be easily understood for what God wants it to be. As Christ cares for every member of his body, 
so the husband should care for his wife. This relationship was established at creation and is referred to here in a quote of Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, the verse referred to it earlier. Quoted from Genesis chapter 2, 24, Paul reinforces the divine plan for marriage which God instituted at creation, emphasizing its preeminence and unity. The union of marriage is intimate and unbreakable. Joined is a word used to express having been glued or cemented together, emphasizing the preeminence of the union. Many believers decide at the time of their marriage that the word divorce would never enter their conversation or thinking. Many of them have weathered many marital storms, remaining loving and faithful. Got anything for that, Rich? Um, just, you said the uh, members of the body function. I'm just thinking about all reverse roles. You break. Uh, you breaking up, Chief. I'm just thinking about our reverse roles. Um, when you said that um, we we both have uh, play a part in this marriage, and our marriage is so different from a whole lot of um, people's marriages. And I was. I mean, I've been told. You've been told. Everybody's been told what a woman's duties are in a home, and what a man's duties in a home. Um, but we know our part, and we know that our every relationship is different. What works in my household may not work in somebody else's household. So, but your relationship and your and and, and your marriage should become whole and become one with that. I mean, um, with every. I mean, both sides having their part. I mean, doing their part. My part may not be um, cooking every day. Your part may be cooking every day as a man. My part may be um, painting and doing the maintenance on the house. Well, yours might be, you know, um, changing the kids. Or I'm just saying, we have to get the stipulation what, uh, off of what a woman's job is and a man's job. A man's job is what to provide. Say nothing about his role in in the home, do it, and what he should and should not be doing. Yes, but at the same time, there should be structure. What'd you say? Yes, but at the same time, there should be structure. The structure, yeah, it is structure through the word of God, but we but yeah, so and understanding times, between each other. Right, but what I'm saying is, is so many people out there saying. What I should be doing as a wife, right? Okay, and my husband is the cook. He's always cooked. I've always um, did the maintenance on the house. That's what works for us. He cooked tonight uh, before I got home at five o'clock. Dinner was served, you know, in a few minutes after that. Bring it to the business now. But I'm just. <laughs> But I'm just saying, if that works for my household, it may not work for somebody else. And he's still a provider. I've never had to pay not one bill in this house. 
and he's always, you know, been there for my kids. My kids never had to ask nobody for nothing. Okay, he's never, they, nothing never been cut off. And I'm just saying, there's so many people, you know, trying to base my marriage off of theirs and what I should be doing. But this is what worked for me and my husband for almost 40 years. Is it right or is it wrong? As long as he's, he's in the Bible and doing what God told him to do. He's protecting his wife. He's doing his godly duties as a man and providing for his family. And that, I mean, and when, when you were reading, um, everybody, every member know that, I mean, have a part. What is your part? And our part, I mean, it, it is opposite to track. And we are so, whatever I'm not, you are. And whatever you're not, I am. And it's so fitted and it's so, you know, and I, you, if you're on the outside looking in, it's like, oh, they, something wrong with them. Because I'm always painting, I'm always doing, I'm always doing it, and you always cooking. But like I said, anyway, go ahead. Is it right or is it wrong? What does the word say? Let's put it like that. What does the word say about that? Well, actually, the word ain't said nothing about what you just said, which is what I want to get away from when I want to teach what these scriptures actually say. So what you did was just went beyond and and went deep into a marriage um, that do constitute what I just read. So that that's good. That's good. So, right. but what I want, but I'm going into what other what this is what I'm that's what I'm bringing that's why I'm bringing it to the show or what has been said. Is oh, I didn't, know, I didn't wrong? know that. What what was I didn't the, know that. the word? I didn't know that was what she was doing. Okay. All what right. did the word say about it? Oh, uh, so. 30 and 31 uh, says, so all men, I mean, I'm sorry, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Uh, and the scriptures before that, when, when a man, you know, never hated his own flesh, that's why Paul went into 30 and 31 and said that, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So me and you are, are one person in love and spirit. Me and you, uh, if I hurt, you hurt, and vice versa. Uh, if you're done wrong, I'm done wrong, and vice versa. If you have not, I have not. If I have, you got it, and vice versa. And that's what one flesh means, is just whatever we go through in life, we go through it together. Whatever we decide to do, it ought to be decided upon what would my wife think, what would my husband think. Uh, when we go forward, we ought to make sure that we, uh, if I'm not at your side, you look behind and you bring me up, vice versa. Uh, if we're driving, I need to look over there and make sure you got your seatbelt on as I got mine on. I need to protect myself as I protect you. I need to look out for you as I look out for myself. And when I clean myself and look at my own flesh, 
I need to make sure you're in a better position than I am in. That's one flesh. So I can't make a thought, have a thought, produce a thought uh, without thinking of you first or second in the thought that I'm trying to do, in the step that I'm trying to make. And we, if, we, if, if you don't want to step on the crack in the, in the walkway, I shouldn't step on the crack. And we know we played some games when we were young. So if we want to hip-hop and skip, I, we need to hip-hop and skip together. So what I do, you do, and what you do, I do. And that's the one thing about marriage is that if you ain't doing it for the Lord, you're going to hell. If you ain't, if the husband don't have his mind on Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. So the opportune time is to be happy with your wife, happy with your husband, in order to make things have harmony in your home, your apartment, or wherever you live. See? And I'm the head of this house, and I'll say that proudly, but I'm not saying that in an authoritative position type of way to gain a submission from my wife. But as Jesus Christ is the head of the church, he has placed me as the head over my wife, and it's for protection of her. And a lot of brothers got that wrong. So now you're going to have me come out of this commentary and start reading these verses for what they say. I think they say, but I don't want to do that right now. I just want to read it for what the commentary says about these verses. For one flesh, if I hurt, you hurt. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. Members of one another meaning in a congregation. Members of one another meaning in a marriage. Members of one another meaning loving other people. So verse 30 and 31, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We talk, see, see, Paul is talking about Jesus Christ. So when we accepted Jesus Christ in our life, now we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Because we know that Jesus Christ came to this earth in human form. That's what Apostle Paul is saying in verse 30. And 31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. What happens to me happens to you. If I look out for me, you protect me because I'm a automatically looking out for you. But I can't look out for you if you ain't right there with me. I can't look out for you if you're doing something else over here that we ain't talked about. I ain't talking about us in general. I'm talking about relationships, uh, marriages in general. I can't look out for you if I don't know where you at. If I need, if I don't know you left the house. If I don't know you got off work early. If I don't know this, that, or the other. I'm talking about marriage in general. But when my wife calls me every day and I call her every day, hey baby, you all right? You good? What you up to? She just say, well, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. So if I know something happened to her, I know she either had this, that, or the other. I was going to say, make that clear, but I I don't do that. (laughs) I can go to those three places and find her, or I can go in between those three places on my way to those three places and find her because something had to have happened on the way to this, that, and the other. But if I don't hear from my wife all day and something happened and she's not answering her phone, I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm calling everybody then. But if I tell my wife, sweetie, I'm going to go to the office right quick. 
sweetie, I'm on my way home. Uh, sweetie, I'm going to stop here and get some food or whatever. If I tell her that, because we want flesh now, if I tell her that, she can come to my flesh if something happens. She can come to her better side, her, uh, her worst side, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> She'll know where I'm at. Communication is vital. Yes. It shouldn't be I don't know where my wife at. Because right. if something happened to my wife, I don't want another nigga. Let's go to the next verse. Taking care of my wife. <laughs> no, say that. Say that. Say that. I don't want another nigga car door because it was an accident to save my wife. Mm-hmm. But if my wife called me and say, well, I'm going by the thrift store or I'm going to uh, Jack in the Box or I'm going by the kid's house, I know out of those three places, I should be able to find her or in between going to one of them places. Right. That's my point of how you doing when I call you. That's right. my point of what you're up to when I call you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and husbands, I need y'all to tell you why. Don't put your husband in an unpredictable situation. Don't put your husband in a compromised situation. Don't put your husband in a guessing game situation. Because if something mm-hmm. ever happens to him, in the back of his mind, he's guessing about you and can't take care of what happened to him. Mm. He put himself in a volatile situation, and he can't use all his strength to protect himself because he's worried about his wife. You mm-hmm. know how much comes on a man every day from this world? You got women out there. You got other guys out there. You got situations out there. You got uh, envious uh, people out there. You got a lot of stuff that hit a man that he really ain't got time to deal with. And he especially don't have time to deal with it if he don't know what's going on with his wife. Mm-hmm. So a man needs all the strength in his walk, all the strength in his walk, where he ain't got to worry about his wife or think about his wife, not in a way that he don't love her, but don't think, but think, about, don't think about her in a way to where she at. Or was she unprotected? No, if you protected, she protected. Communication is the key. And I don't know mm-hmm. who needs to hear this, but you need to get your life right. Mm-hmm. Any man listening, get your life right. Mm-hmm. Get your stuff together. If you got a woman that's wavering, if you got a woman that you think something going on with, if you got a woman that you just ain't sure about, it's because you ain't sure about what you're doing. Mm. Do what you're supposed to do, and she will lovingly do what she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's, get back. Let's get back to this. No, you you own it. No, just stay right here for a minute. That moment, that minute is gone now. No, 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 no. You got on the men. Now the it's women. A, it's some more moments, Ricky. It's some more moments okay. coming up. Was that? Did anybody else have anything to say? I'm sorry if y'all had to hear it like that, but that's the truth. It is. That's the truth. That's the truth. So when, when me and my wife, you know, and I'm talking about us, me and my wife, when we have arguments or we get upset with one another or whatever, and we ain't really in marriages, y'all know how this goes. You ain't really, really talking. You know, if I ask my wife, hey, you all right? You good? I'm all right. 
I'll be good. I know something wrong when she do that. <laughs> I know something wrong. And Ricky knows. I'm a, mm. I'm a, I ain't going to stop asking her. Hey, you good? You all right? Well, I'm going to be all right. I know something wrong. Blessed and highly favored. Because <laughs> when she get upset, it takes her about anywhere from three days to five days to calm down. And I keep trying to tell you, you stop doing that. You stop doing that. Okay, tell finish, them why. As, as we finish arguing or as we finish being upset, we need to be loving. We need to be no, all right. No, 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 sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, we shouldn't. Let's deal with the, the real issue. That's why I stay mad because you try to brush it up under the rug and not talk about it. Okay. So let me explain what she's talking about. Let me explain. So we'll say if we got an issue going on, and we, we are already off to – the teaching tonight. So say me and my wife have no, a argument. We're still on the teaching. No, we're not, because it, it ain't the way I wanted it to go. So, so if me and my wife have an argument or a situation over something, and we start talking, well, I ain't gonna say we have an argument. Let's say we start talking about a situation. We start talking. Keyword: talking about a situation. <clears throat> my wife can go from zero to a hundred in seconds. And if I go to 100, I don't want to hear nothing else she got to say. I'm going to be right there, and I'm going to let it go, and it's it's over. I promise you, it's over. And she can tell you that it's over. I can't do 100. If I get to 100, it's over. I stay at zero to five, 10 at the most. But when she go to 100 and I can't calm her down, I go to 100, it's over. So the situation we was talking about or arguing about is not taking, really taken care of because I went to 100 and she brought me to 100. So that's why the situation don't be taken care of because you put me where you were. And I'm not going to stand there and go back and forth at 100 because I don't know how I can't drive both ways. If I'm doing 100, I got to be in my own car going one way. That's why it's over for what I don't want to hear nothing else. See, you had 100 all day, every day. I can't, I can't, I have to practice being at 100, and I ain't there yet. <laughs> no, but you see? can still come back. No way, hold up. That's no, because see, no, see, see, once I get to 100, it's over. And then you don't really want to communicate after that, because I'm going to say something to you. No, 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 you, no, 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 that's not true. Stop it. Okay, so it's not true to you, but it's what I see and know. Okay, okay, sweetie. Listen, listen to this. When we I shall be one flesh. Okay. When we go to 100, when I go to 100 and I take you to make you now make you go to 100, whenever you calm down, why don't you come back and explain what it was or let's find out what the issue was. You try to sweep it up under the rug the next morning, want to be all lovey-dovey. Don't touch me. Don't say nothing to me until we talk about what we were talking about. So, 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 where I leave you at when I go to 100, your mind is still there the next day. Your okay. mind is still, no, listen, listen. Your mind is still there four or five days later. And I can't, when I ask you, hey, you good? You all right? I'll be all right. Nigga, I know already. We ain't finna talk. We ain't finna say nothing. It's still you still pissed off. The next morning I can get up and kiss you like like ain't nothing happened. 
because That's I'm not meditating because I'm not point. meditating or having stuck in my mind what happened the night before. I'm not doing it. I would never do that. I will. I will. I, I I pray to God that I never die. Where the uh what they call them people that come get your body, the uh the who, the corner. Yeah, when the corner come get your body, I I pray that I never die. Pissed off at a hundred where they open my brain and it just blow all over the floor. <laughs> them to be able to open my brain and it's still looking normal. And they say this must, been, this must have been a cool dude, level headed dude. But when they if if something ever happened to you and they open your head, it's it's gonna be stuff all over the wall. Okay, because you got so, so many hundreds in you from past arguments and situations and conversations. Store it up. No, I don't store it up. I say what I got to say. You know what? Period. I don't let stuff bottled up. I don't, you already know. If I got an issue with anybody, I'm going to go to the person personally and I'm going to get it. I'm going to find out what, what, what's happened, what's going on. You know that. For this call, shall a man leave and, his father and, and you, mother and shall and be joined you, unto his wife is, and they too shall be do. one this flesh. This is what he do, y'all. He'll, he'll change the subject. Like, we're not even talking, and that's a prime example. Yeah, but I'm trying to finish this out. There's only a few more verses can, left. Okay, you can finish it out, but you brought it up. You brought it up. Okay, all right. I brought it up. Okay. All right. Finish your verse. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. You okay? <laughs> I'm going to be all right. <laughs> See? See what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's exactly how I go the next day. So, 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 and, and Ricky and Ricky and my kids will tell you this. I, I and I don't want to brag, but I, I, I'm a calm person. You really are. I'm, a, I'm a low level person. But you know how to piss people off too. I'm, no, I'm easy to deal with. Um, yeah. I don't start a lot of stuff. No, I don't. I don't. And the only way I provo- I provoke my wife for her smile, or I might joke with her or whatever, just to see her smile. Mm. And I'll push that button just to see that smile. But I'm I'm a calm mm. person, and my kids will tell you that. And they know, and they have heard me and seen me go to a hundred. It's over. I don't like doing that, and it hurts me to to be that way. And I'm telling you now, Rick, I can't stand that. But when I come down. And I'm good. I will kiss you. I will hug you. Because that's gone. I'll leave it right there. Well, it's not gone because you didn't you didn't deal with the issue. We no. We we couldn't deal with the issue because you went to a hundred. Okay, so now now I can't talk. I can't relate. Then then go back. I can't relate to a hundred. Okay, we 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 established that. But we and I and I refuse. I refuse to try to. I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking so, you to. I'm just so with your, with, conversation. So with your statement of, well, won't you go back to what we was talking to? How can I? How can we? By when letting I, me talk after you didn't already say what you had to say and walk away. No, no, because you had 100. No, it would have never worked. Yeah, and after I, after I, when I go to 100, it's over. It's well, we know. Ain't nobody else saying nothing else. Right. So my, this is my point. 
<laughs> this is my point. Don't take me to a hundred. That's my point. Does that make sense? Uh huh. It makes a whole lot of sense. From today forward, don't take me to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And it takes a minute for me to get to a hundred, where you can turn around in a circle and be at a thousand. I can't do that. I'm a loving person. You are. And you're a provoker, too. All right, let's finish. What time is it? We ain't going to finish this tonight. So. Yes, you can. Go there. Finish it. You only got for a couple of more. All right, verse 32 and 33 of Ephesians chapter 5. 32 and 33. So let's read 31 and go into 32, 33. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife, even as himself, and his wife see that she reverence her husband. And a lot of preachers done took this out of context. So let me read the commentary on what it actually means, verse 32 and 33. It's called a symbolic love. Here is another mystery, that is, a truth that had previously been hidden from mankind. And according to Paul, This one is big, a mystery is big. In other words, he was about to set forth a profound truth about marriage. And imperfect as human marriage is, it is a portrait to relationship between Christ and his church. This brings perspective to the marriage relationship that those who are outside of God's family will never understand, and one that too many believers ignore as well. When Paul then returned to practical admonition regarding marriage, he gave a summary statement that should be repeated and emphasized in every wedding ceremony. Every man needs to love his wife unconditionally in the same way he loves and cares for himself. Women need need this kind of attention from their husbands. It gives them security. Every wife needs to respect her husband and let him know that she does. Men have a God-given need to be respected and admired, and God reminds wives of this fact. Any comments? All right. Let's let's go to Ephesians. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to finish this out, verses 1, 2, 3. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, 2, 3. Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So this was about family tonight. So what them verses are saying Ephesians 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. In the New Testament days, children were not considered very important. It's talking about history. Children were not considered very important. It is quite unusual, therefore, that Paul would specifically address this uh, them in this letter. Perhaps you remember Jesus' love for children. The Lord had once reprimanded the, uh, his disciples for trying to keep them from coming to him. In Paul's mind, the family relationship included children, and they had a special and important place. Their particular role was to be obedient and respectful to their parents. 
just as wives are told to be submissive to husbands as a way to honor the Lord, so children are to be obedient to their parents for the same reason. The fact that this obedience is in the Lord does not mean they were to obey only if their parents were believers. In God's established order, the father was to be head of the home, the wife was to be under her, his leadership, and the children were to be obedient to both of them. Paul then quoted the fifth of the Tenth Commandment of the Ten Commandments to reinforce this truth. Although Paul said this was the first commandment with the promise, it was actually the second one. It is not clear what he meant, but perhaps he was thinking that for children, this was the primary commandment for them. The promise of long life is a general one and not intended to be claimed in every situation. But obedient children do have a better prospect of living safety, safely and longer. Any questions or comments before we finish the last verse? Oh, I'm doing good. All right. So the last verse, which is Ephesians 6, verse 4, says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let's see what that means. This was a command with instructions. It is one thing to discipline children, but quite another to exaggerate them with unreasonable demands and degrading words. The word translated provoke means to cause anger or to enrage. Fathers are addressed here because they are the heads of their home and need to know how to best train their children. They must not drive them away from the Lord by being discouraging or abusive. In fact, the instructions that accompanies this command is that fathers should train their children in the things of the Lord. Bringing them up in the Lord involves training them toward maturity. Giving nurture and admonition implies training with mild discipline when needed. A father's primary purpose should be to see his children become adults who love God. That's Amen. it. For, that's it for tonight. Amen. Sorry about all that cyborg stuff my wife brought up. Um, yeah. I might not even have on next week on our next study. She might have to write into the show. Okay. So, uh, okay. Is we Roger and Vanessa still on? I'm on. Y'all got anything, sweeties? Um, I the key to everything. First, the love for God, the love for his son, Jesus Christ, the love of worship, the love of sacrificing whatever you need to do to be in God's perfect image in order to get ready for yourself. Because, of course, I believe everybody has that somebody because that's how God wants it to be. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply. So how else to do that without a wife? And I just feel like, yeah, that. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. Is Vanessa on too? She's um, no. getting her hair done right now. Huh? She's getting her hair done. Okay. All right. 
So so what I want to try to do going forward, and we may skip a Thursday or two just to have family conversations on whatever subject y'all want to talk about, but I want to try to implement some teaching uh, in between our uh, Elder Oliver was even talking about a different night just for the teachings. I'm not mm-hmm. not sure yet on that, but um, I want to try to do this as often as I can without being, uh, you know, without that lady, you know, taking us out of the way so much so far away from what we study and so. Um, that is what I was on on, on the subject. <laughs> it just didn't go the way that you wanted to. You wanted to be a scholar tonight. Yeah, so that's, I really want to just, uh, it, it was good tonight, uh, explanation on a few scriptures where we did, you know, talk about and, and and experience and brought out even in our own our marriage. That was good. That was good. Um, but uh, the, the root of it all, what Paul is talking about tonight, is, is just family, uh, how the family uh, is pretty much made up just like the church. So, <clears throat> all right. Mhm. All right. So, if Ricky wants to, well, I want to just thank Elder Oliver uh, for this opportunity, his platform, Chaos Blog Talk. Um, I know he he thanks his wife, Lady Kay, for supporting him uh, and what he's doing. Uh, it's a great thing. Um, uh, it, it gives a platform and it gives the airway for people to talk about the gospel, to help one another, uh, gives people an opportunity to speak, uh, uh, get get the word of God out of them, empty themselves uh, so God can refill them. So thank you, Elder Oliver, for the platform and what you're doing. Uh, and you was doing this a long time before I knew you, and you're still doing it now, and may God... Uh, give you a larger platform. So, um, Ricky, you want to pray us out, sweetie? <laughs> I mean, if you... I thought you... you didn't if you at zero, huh? I'm never at zero. I know, but since you had five, pray us out. <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for uh, another opportunity, Lord God, tonight um, on speaking on marriages, Lord God, Continue to just unify us, Lord God, as one. Lord God, knowing that you didn't mean us, um, you didn't mean for us to be fifty-fifty, but one hundred and one hundred. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for setting the atmosphere of love, joy, peace, and happiness, Lord God, and most of all, the foundation which is Jesus Christ and His righteousness, and not our own opinions and our righteousness, Lord God. And I just want to say thank you, and let us continue to have long life and commitment um, spiritually, physically. And um, mentally, Lord God, I thank you for uh, my husband, Elder Bluett, unfolding and revealing um, and enlightening us on the word on tonight, Lord God. Continue to just strengthen him, Lord God. Lord God, um, continue to just pour into him, Lord God, your word and your wisdom, Lord God, and your knowledge, Lord God, to teach others, Lord God, to teach us as um, as we go forth in your will and in your way, and, Lord God, and then um, to this dying world. And, Lord God, if anybody that's listening under the sound of my voice don't know you as their personal Savior, Lord God, 
I want to say thank you, Lord God, um, that they get to know you, Lord God. Um, they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died and rose on the third day, Lord God. And we just want to say thank you in advance for next Thursday. If it be your um, your will, Lord God, that we'll meet here again at 7 o'clock, Lord God. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Amen.